This is Baseline, a podcast about baseball for people who know nothing about baseball. I'm Kyle. And I'm Andrew. And this is our gripe podcast. <laughs> this is our baseball gripe podcast. Hey, uh, Chris Davis, he's back in the news because uh, a on guy just keeps being in the limelight. That's right. Uh, 420 Blaze It. He uh, threw a strikeout. Smoke weed every day. I missed that's the right. cue, but uh, I got okay. it in close, anyway. Cl- close enough. <laughs> uh, Chris Davis every day because he's in the news every time we have an episode now. A strikeout uh, every day. Yeah, okay. Now we both have him, which is good, which is good for me. Uh, he, he throws a pitch. It is like an 82 mile per hour like cutter i guess it 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 comes in like fastball like and then it cuts to the right do you do you see that where it just like sort of drifts to the right a little bit it looks like it's about to go in on him and then it goes kind of swings to the right i did see that yeah it's a good look it's a very Mm -hmm. good look uh we should say also chris davis who was the one the the subject of of our futility mark episode a couple episodes back? Right, he's um, the first baseman, <laughs> not the pitcher. Right, yeah. and now and now he's pitching. Um, which I guess if we can jump down the document a little bit uh, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. we'll we'll we're gonna skip this one real quick. Um, <laughs> cut four has a thread of this one is is starting pitchers pinch hitting, but they have a thread of position players pitching and they do it with like the the uh i guess emoticon looking you know beyonce dance moves right and it is a thread that has started i think since march 30th when the that was the first time that this happened Hmm. and Hmm. now we're now we're like 11 or or 12 into this and there are position players who have had to come into games and pitch because teams ran out of pitchers during a regular game. Yep. Is this something that you knew of baseball? Um, is this something you expected of baseball? I guess is is a, a better question. Or is this just? It, does this sound super weird? And you don't you don't understand why that it's happening? Uh, I understand why it's happening, but no, I didn't realize that you could run out of pitchers, as it were. Which I guess isn't really running out of pitchers so much as just not wanting to play your pitchers too much. Or is that not I the guess, case? No, 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 no. You're right. That's true. That's that's. I guess it's kind not of like there's the, a limit on how many times a pitcher can pitch or whatever, and then they're done. <laughs> there is actually in a game. So in oh. in baseball, a pitcher can hmm. only. As long as they went out to the mound to pitch and they were taken out, that's it. That's their one. P- pitchers are oh, sort of so one once and you, done. Okay, so once you remove them, you can't send them back in. That is correct. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Um, so you'll see, I mean, last night, I think you it was last night. You have to deploy them tactically. You, you do. Yeah. I mean, it's all baseball is kind of all about pitching, right? As much as baseball is setting the lineup and deciding where to hit, if you believe in that sort of thing mm-hmm. and uh, all of the other hubbub uh, around baseball, it's a lot of pitching. It's a mostly pitching decisions. Every pitch matters, you know, whether you throw it in, whether you follow up a fastball with a you know a curve or whatever you do, right? Like a lot of the strategy strategy around baseball lies in the pitching. Um, you'll also sometimes see 
not just position players coming into pitch, but you will see pitchers, and the, the example I have here, pitchers, starting pitchers, excuse me, coming in to pinch hit because you need to change out a pitcher or the pitcher's spot has come up and you have to switch them out so you need a pinch hitter and all you've got is a starting pitcher. This happens, I think, most often when you do have a pitcher that can hit kind of well. Pitchers are notoriously bad at hitting, but if you get like a Madison Bumgarner who has hit, you know, X number of home runs, I believe it's could be in the double digits at this point in his career huh. in the major leagues. Um, you're in a kind of okay spot. Like you would rather have Madison Bumgarner pinch hit than you would your third string catcher sometimes just mm-hmm. because it, he can see the ball better. He gets, you know, more hours on the field and he's just kind of a better ball player. But right. that's the kind of thing that that I guess is not it's it is, I guess, a symptom of long inning games. Sometimes this one in particular was a 14 inning display at Angels Stadium here in Anaheim. And there is a, a subsequent image of a woman holding up a sign that says send coffee. Yeah, I guess this was this was. um 2.40 in the morning Eastern time, which is still pretty late uh, Pacific time where the game was being played. So, yeah, yeah, we were coming up to midnight and I saw that tweet and I was like, oh, is that game still on? And no, it, it ended in 14, thankfully, but you'll get games that go 18 yeah. innings sometimes, 17 innings, um, 12 innings seems like a pretty long game, but 14 is is on the cusp there of like, well... All right. right, we're in it, we're in it for the long haul, and that's where actually, yeah. like, you're trying to avoid things like injury. You're trying to make sure that uh, players don't get hurt, or like that you save your starting pitcher for the next day. You don't want to play that person and then have right. uh, they can go and have uh, a nap. Right. Yes, exactly. Or they'll actually get a slot. You know, the person whose uh, workout day was supposed to be that day, they'll put them out and just be like, I don't it really super doesn't matter how you pitch in this game now. Like, just get your workout in. But like in a live game context, that's fine. We're okay with that. Whatever, whatever happens to the game. It's you've got 162 of these things. Mm -hmm. If you're going to. Like micromanage game twenty four of the season, your head is not in the the right spot for baseball. I think it's yes, it's a long game, but like we're still strangely kind of at the point where it doesn't necessarily matter that much, right? Baseball, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that much. Uh, you also have another link in here for Twitter.com, the website, uh, with – this is from NBC Sports Athletics, uh, also a, I guess, Bay Area sports thing that you can get on their cable TV service. They say, yeah. OMG, the greatest double play ever. Can you describe what's happening? Yeah, so let me roll here. it back here on my screen. So um, uh, the A's are field, fielding, it looks like. Yep. Um, and the batter hits a fly ball out to uh, like center ish field. And the catcher basically grabs it from just sort of above the fence 
and manages right. so to this, hurl this it. is one of those this is one of those things like in baseball where you see home runs being robbed from people because the outfielder in this case the center fielder ran they can all get to the, the ball way and out. get up there yeah, he jumped just exactly at the right time. Right. Literally reached over the wall with their glove and grabbed it while it was in midair yeah. and pulled it back in. And that's not a home run since they caught and then, it before and then it just, hit the ground. And then just hurled it towards first base, it overshot first base, but then it looks like the catcher got hold of it and threw it to second base in time for the um, second baseman to get the runner out. So that was a double play. Right. So all of this was happening while there was someone on first. And because it was a pop out there in center field, the first baseman was like, oh, or, or the person who was on first, excuse me, um, decided to run like that's a home run, right? Like there's yeah. no way that that's going to be caught. And because it did get caught, they need to go tag up on the break on the base that they were at previously. So he has to run all the way back to first. Now, He's in the spot where because that was overthrown from the outfielder that caught it all the way over first base. And, you know, like you were saying, the, the right. catcher was back there to back it up. So but he was, he's like, oh, that's it. Like, that's going to be probably like a ground rule double or something. I'm going to take off and try and steal second now because the game at this point is still zero zero. He's thinking, I got to get a run on the board. I need to get in scoring position. And instead, I, not running instead, very what he well, got I was should say. His self yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Completely out. Uh, out yep. by a mile. Great, great play. It Really great fielding by the A's. Despite the overthrown ball, but uh, like they managed to save it. They did. They yeah. definitely did. And this, this has got 1.32 million views now. Mm -hmm. um, at least... Maybe 200 of them are me just watching this over and over, trying to figure out how he throws it. It's mainly from the outfielder. Like, how does he throw? How does it come out of his hand like that and overshoot yeah, that's the bag the, that's that That's the far? top reply is, how in the world do you overthrow that far from the outfield wall? Which is a great question because that is a really far throw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and they are in... Um, they are at the, I don't know if it's O.co Coliseum, but it's, this is just mm. the Oakland Coliseum. And they this stadium is pretty huge. Like, it, the outfield wall is out there. And you end up actually with this, it, it is daytime too, so you end up with this kind of dead zone out there. Mm. It's Oakland. You're not getting a whole lot of uh, sea breeze in that area. And then the sun likely dried things out quite a bit. So the day looks pretty hot. The ball's going to carry pretty far. Yeah. It's going to be pretty dry and light. So this is this I, is one of the few remaining multi-purpose stadiums. So the outfield ends up being very long because it's actually made to accommodate the length of a football field. That's right. Yeah, boy. And uh, th I mean that's supposed to change. I have seen the Raiders uh stadium going up in Las Vegas pretty much across the street from the T-Mobile Center, which is where the Vegas Golden Knights, the hockey team, plays. It's it's going to be like a dedicated football stadium. So what happens with the A's here is going to be interesting, I guess. I, I 
The Warriors are moving away from across the street from the Coliseum, and the A's are going to be the only team in one or two seasons that are playing. Yeah, there. it's kind of interesting. And I think they've said that they don't plan to move anytime soon. There's been a lot of, I mean, it, we at least I haven't heard of. Yeah. 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 We should definitely have an episode dedicated to sort of like, Maybe just stadium. I don't know stadium <laughs> logistics or like state. I don't want to yeah. lump stadiums into into one episode because I think we've touched a little bit on stadium going experiences and like how how that is for us. You know where we've been to and stuff. But how stadiums get made, I think, is would require a little bit of research uh, on our part to to find out what is currently in flux where could teams be going in the future cuz i'm not super interested in the historical part of of this but i mean uh, sports in oakland definitely have a history um a part of the pacific coast league and all that kind of stuff so there there's a lot of history to be had here but whether or not the a's stay in oakland and keep that stadium i think is a big question mark right now it, w- it would be interesting to me to actually do that research and uh bring bring you some answers or have a, a thoughtful conversation about it yeah that sounds like a uh like a mini series for the off season it <laughs> yes most definitely sort of our uh our um i was gonna say hot box but that's more 420 talk mm. uh mm. hot stove league indeed uh <laughs> the hot box league mm-hmm <laughs> uh all right um i wanted to then move us on to our topic which i'm linking this over was suggested by olive soup that's s-o-o-p great name uh stealing bases so Mm -hmm. we alluded a little bit to the i guess it wouldn't be base stealing in this case but the runner trying to get from first base to second base on a pop fly. Um, that's just typically like regular uh, trying to get the runner over type stuff. Stealing bases, though, is a whole other thing. And there's a there's a couple of parts about stealing bases I think that maybe you'll see either on TV or especially in person. This is a lot easier to see in person is let's start it with the signs for for base stealing, right? It's That's one of those things that you see in movies where they're like, they're just touching their nose and they're like, you know, quacking like a duck and making dumb, dumb hand signals that are supposed to confuse the opposition to make them think whether or not you're telling the runner on first to steal a base that, like, to steal second base or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you, I'm sure you've seen that in pop culture. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing you may not know, I guess, about about this is that uh, the signs between teams are all different. I think that's maybe that's a given, mm-hmm. but um, the signs between games also change. So, like, when I'm watching a game in person, I kind of, I don't know, it's hard for me not to think of the logistics of how do you set these things up? They're not wearing like quarterback style wrist playbooks of, well, it's Tuesday. So uh, tap, 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 nose, shoulder means steal or whatever, right? Like that's, they don't have a, a codex for Wednesday games and knowing <laughs> what, what they're supposed to do. Uh, and I don't know how 
I guess when you do it professionally, maybe you can keep it all up in that noggin. But <laughs> but otherwise, I mean, it's that sounds super difficult to me. That's the thing that that I think it boggles me uh, boggles my mind the most. Um, the other thing that uh, you may notice at a game is players typically are going to be uh, stealing from first to second base. That's kind of your classic base stealing um, situation Mm -hmm. where the pitcher is facing another batter and there is a runner on first trying to steal second. And they can... They can kind of steal whenever they want. Um, the The pitcher is the one with the rules where he needs to do something called come set. He needs to come set before he can throw the pitch to the plate. Let's leave that for another time. Uh, base stealing can happen anytime. And the the reason why in at least major league games, you will see players only steal right before a pitch is about to be thrown or as a pitch is being thrown is because it maximizes the amount of time the runner has to kind of get a head start on running to second base. And by the time that pitch is then thrown to the catcher, the catcher has the opportunity to see how far that runner trying to steal the base is gone and then throw the ball to second base after that pitch has come in to try and get them out. Um, that, I think, is the number one scenario where you'll you'll actually see a player trying to steal second base. Um, you, gosh, please stop me if you've got questions because, like, I feel like, I feel like I'm just uh, talking at you through a rule book <laughs> right now. And, and I don't necessarily, like, this language is very... Uh, generalized and also not super pointed to um to be clear and and so if i'm if i'm being unclear please stop me or or ask questions i know that we talked about too um you know you have your sort of standard stealing base which is usually from first base but could be from any of the bases but then there's also the form of stealing a base when um like uh what is it when the third strike isn't caught properly and you can try and make a run for it anyway yes so that's i think the weirdest scenario of trying to steal a base other than trying to steal home i will talk about stealing home in a second but um stealing first after you have uh struck out on a pitch is really is a weird really, really weird way to get to first. So the the scenario that has to happen here is the pitch has to be thrown. You can, um, I guess what in this scenario, you would try to hit the ball and you'd miss the ball completely. However, uh, the catcher would then drop the ball um, or have it sort of like dribble away from them a little bit on your third strike. And now you as the batter have the opportunity to run to first base. You're still out technically, um, but you have the opportunity to run to first base and stay there. Um, The catcher then has to either grab the ball and tag you as you're running to first or throw it to first for the, for the strikeout to be completed. Um, Mm. It's, 
It's really strange. It's one of my least it, favorite. Yeah, it seems like kind of a of... loophole on the whole like three strikes and you're out thing. And it's like, well, if you get three strikes, but they don't catch the strike properly, you can make a run for it. And if you get on the base, then like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you'll sometimes see like you won't see players try to steal first all the time after they get their third swinging strike. They may just kind of stand around home plate, but you'll see the catcher tag the player that just struck out just to kind of double make sure that they're out. They're actually out, out. Um, you don't want to risk them just kind of walking away a little bit and then running to first after you've, I don't know, thrown it to the third baseman to, you know, have your little rally around the, the diamond after you strike a guy out. So that's that's a really strange scenario that, you do actually see quite often. Uh, you'll see it at least once in a game, usually. Um, not my favorite, but uh, stealing home. This yeah. is when baseball gets super exciting, I think. So you can, of course, steal second. You can steal third if you are, like, trying to advance the runner. And um, I don't know. There's another runner on first. You can double steal at the same time. But stealing home is... That very seems like dangerous. A, right. A particularly uh, brave and daring thing to do, given that <laughs> the pitcher and catcher are, of course, in position to very easily get the ball between home plate and the pitcher's mound. Right. Well, More so even, than any so, other base. <laughs> yeah. It would be like if on every pitch it went to first base and you just decided, well, I'm going to steal that one or second base, right? Yeah. It's, it's really weird to try to steal the base that that both position players are at, like you said. Um, but in the only scenarios that I've seen this really work, and, and the only, you really won't see people trying other than when a pitcher throws the ball to the catcher and it's either a wild pitch or the catcher uh, misses the ball and it kind of uh, gets away from them a little bit. It's dangerous in, in this case, uh, dangerous, I guess, game-wise, like baseball theory-wise, to try to steal home base in, in this scenario uh, because as a pitcher is throwing the the pitch to the catcher, he is already sort of like he's got his weight moving towards that base anyway. And so momentum-wise, especially if it gets away, the pitcher's going to run to cover home plate anyway when it gets kind of away from the catcher. And so you having, you know, being however far away from third base you are right now with your, your leadoff, I guess we should talk about leadoffs, um, you are probably further away from home plate than the pitcher is at any given time. And so that's, that is sort of the, like, that's the game you're playing. Can I get to home plate before the pitcher does and before the catcher tosses it back to the pitcher to, to tag him out? Mm -hmm. um, to get a runner out when someone is stealing, you need to actually physically touch them with, your, with the ball, either in your glove or with the ball itself, um, right. before that player touches the base. And the, the the weird part about all this replay stuff that's happening is you will see 
super, super slow-mos of players' fingers just, like, coming a centimeter off of a base and then getting tapped with the ball, sort of. And umpires trying to discern whether or not, as they're sliding past second base here, if your hand came off and the ball tapped you while you weren't touching the base. that In that scenario, you would be considered out. Right. So there's a lot of rules regarding that you have to be physically touching either the base or, you know, the um, person on the base to either, you know, be safe or tag them out. Right. Yes, exactly. It's it's kind of like, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of this is probably easier described in diagrams or a, uh, a WikiHow article, but <laughs> uh, I... I think there are there are enough scenarios in watching one whole game where you'll see players trying to steal. You'll see one or two different calls, whether it's out or safe, and you'll see why. Um, it's worthwhile, I think, just to watch a game and pay attention to one aspect of it like this to to see sort of the intricacies of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really really interesting. Now, leading leading off. Um, you'll hear leadoff for both the first person at bat, which is one of the words for that. You'll also hear leadoff as a the amount of space that you are separating yourself as the runner from the base before the pitch is thrown. Now, the leadoff from the base here uh, is usually about a body length, Um there is a, we were talking, I think, last time about the Amazon AWS commercial where they're, like, showing the runner from first leading off a little bit um, and saying, like, well, his chances for stealing went from 80 to 85% after he, like, slid to the right three inches. Um that's not really a calculation you're probably making. But as a runner, you're trying to see like, okay, can, if the ball gets tossed back to the first baseman, do I have enough time to get back and and touch the base so he doesn't tag me out? Right. So you're kind of sitting, you're sitting in between first and second base a little bit. It's it's like teetering the line. So, So a runner might, you know, move a little bit off of the base so that they have a kind of head start to run or to attempt to steal but then the danger that they run is that because they're not on the base if they're not fast enough the pitcher could throw the ball to uh the baseman and they could be tagged out yeah and you'll end up so the the situation here yes yes trying to pick off the runner now if you feel like you've been picked off you're going to start running instead of uh you're going to start running to the second base instead of trying to go back to first base and you will likely end up in something called a pickle, which is where basemen on either side of you are tossing the ball back and forth and you're running in between them trying not to get tagged out. Um, that's probably a game that most folks have played. I don't know. Or you f- you feel like you're in a pickle, right? Like yeah. it's a it's a common, right. common phraseology. Um, I, f- I feel like that doesn't typically end well for the runner. Never does. Yeah. Never, never, never does. Um, you you may if they fumble it somehow. Like what you're trying to do is yeah, they decrease, do a, right? If they do a really yeah, bad throw or something, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're trying to like increase the amount of risk involved in trying to tag you out. Uh, it's 
It is uh, not, to be honest, it's not fun to watch. I don't, <laughs> I don't really care for uh, a runner trying to like, I don't know, play this silly game between two bases and uh, players running around them trying to get them out. It's not fun for me. I, I feel like you've given up at that point. Like, just lay down. It's fine. We'll get somebody else in there. But that's... Yeah. Uh, it seems that's, like that's, a kind of a quirk in the rules that you can be, like, in between bases and they're tossing back and forth or whatever. Yeah. Just doesn't feel too fair to me. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that is uh, stealing bases. A very complex art, I'd say. And <laughs> something that is definitely about playing the game of baseball, but has nothing really to do with uh, hitting or fielding or really any any of that yeah it's a different stuff it's a it's a different thing it's another layer on top of the sort of base level strategy of the the game the typical parts of the game that people think of right it's it is a little like again like i started describing this whole thing there is sort of a meta game going on between like what sign was it did he actually tell the runner to steal or not like are you there's no real point in trying to read those signs but mm -hmm. uh it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting part of the game that has existed forever and has not really changed at all like the the strategy of it has not not really changed that much at least in the time that i've been watching um you'll see some players steal what like tops 50 bases in a year um it's not a very frequent thing that people are successful at a lot of times especially especially if you're going from first base to second base you will be thrown out if you're not that quick um it's really a 50 50 chance the players are so good at throwing you out you're more likely to get to get thrown out uh in any given time, then then you are to to be safe. It's it's right. They can probably toss the ball faster than you can run. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Stealing bases. Yep. Thank you, Olive Soup, for sending in that topic suggestion. If you've got a topic suggestion, please do send it to us. It is topics at baseline dot show. Kyle, you know what time it is. It's time it's for the, it, it, yeah. the minor league <laughs> team of the week. <laughs> Find a sound clip. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That, that was, that was kind of sad. Um, <laughs> or, burp, burp, well, it's appropriate for the minor leagues where it's like... Oregon church organ... What I should do, you know what I need to do is probably do a, um, like, I need to get my MIDI keyboard hooked up and plug in some sort of, like, uh, MIDI-sounding organ and and play it. All right, so <clears throat> let's try it. Let's try that one again. <laughs> Kyle, you know what time it is? It's time. For the minor league team of the week. That's not, that's, maybe that one's. It's a little uh, piratey for me, I guess. <laughs> it does sound like a C, jaunty C tune. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. It's it was supposed to be like a like an an organ uh, swing sort of thing. It didn't work how how I wanted mm. it to, but mm. uh, 
But yeah, it is time for the Minor League Team of the Week. The Minor League Team of the Week. This week, uh, so I've been enjoying uh, popcorn as a snack lately. Popcorn! Get your popcorn! Yeah, yeah I, I haven't had popcorn in a while, so I've been enjoying it. And that got me to thinking about um, corn mascots and, and corn-based teams. And it turns out <laughs> there is a minor league team, the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Uh, and I've, um, in the show notes or in the doc, you can see I've pasted their um, logo, logo here. Yeah. Their logo is an anthropomorphic uh, oh. ear of corn. And uh, on the cap insignia in particular, the the leaves of the ear of corn uh, form a roughly a K shape. For I kernels. love it. It took me a little while to see that, but I love it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other thing is that this kernel, um, which also, it, well, it's in fact not an ear of corn. It is in fact a bat if you look right. at it more closely. Um, it's, it's a it's a bat cob sort yeah. of situation. Yeah, it has a very surly look on his face, and it has a um, it has a baseball cap with a abnormally large bill. I don't know if you um, noticed. It's that a too, little, but it's, yeah, it's a little it's out of kind proportion, of, but I kind of like it. It's got like a Mighty Ducks vibe going right. for it a little bit. Yeah, mm. I like it. So yes, the Cedar Rapids Colonels um, out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which are uh, the affiliate for your Minnesota Twins in Class A minor league baseball. It's very, yeah. very good. I like especially the logo. Um, yeah. Is this uh, how how long has this team been been around? They've been around a long time. Uh, huh. They began play in 1890. And have played a total of 110 seasons through 2015. So they've been in all sorts of different leagues. They've been affiliated with so many different teams as well, major league teams. Mm -hmm. um, it's yeah, nice. they've been around a while. Um, they've only been called the Cedar Rapids Colonels since 1993. Before hmm. that, they seem to have mostly taken on the name of the um, major league team that they were affiliated with. So they were the Cedar Rapids Reds, the Cedar Rapids Giants, the Cedar Rapids Astros, and so on. Um, early on, they started out as the Cedar Rapids Canaries. Um, then they became the Cedar Rapids Rabbits. Then the Cedar Rapids Bunnies. Um, hmm. And then the Cedar Rapids Raiders, the Cedar Rapids Rockets, Indians, and so on. So hmm. they've mm -hmm. had a lot of um, different names. Um, their mascot, uh, which is this little corn dude, his name is Mr. Shucks. Oh, yeah. shucks. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Yep. And they have a lot of team colors, too. More team colors than I think you would typically have. Their team colors are yellow, red, navy, blue, green, and white, which is like most of them. <laughs> now, now, when you when you say Mr. Shucks, Mr. Um, shucks. Do, what what comes to mind? Please don't look him up yet if you if you have. Oh, uh, then, I haven't. Then this, uh, this whole game is broken, but. Hmm. Is this a is this a morning show game? Uh yes. Paint me a picture. That's you know what? That's probably what should happen here is is you need to draw Mr. Minor, Shucks. Minor league mascot or yeah. uh <laughs> beloved or, television yes. character. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. What is a Mr. Hmm. Shucks? Is that is that like a so, Captain Kangaroo? It, uh, yeah, it kind of feels like it a it? little bit. Mr. Hmm. Mr. Shucks, I'm going to send you one in our robo here. Give me one sec. Over here. Paste it. Uh, Mr. Shucks 
is a baseball-headed fella who has a tongue sticking out of his his mouth, um, a some sort of like a literal button nose, what seems to be a button nose. Yeah, um, which on a baseball face doesn't make a great deal of sense, but n- no, and the eyes are rather. Uh, they look like giant googly eyes. Yeah. Well, no, they 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 seem to have, and I, I'm getting a better view here for you. Um, oh, I'm. They go- do. Yeah. They have oh, wow. Pupils. Hmm. Uh, it's. But the it's fact that his face is stuck permanently as the sticking tongue out emoji, a not winking face, which is the weirdest of the sticking tongue out emojis. It does have an emoji vibe for yeah. sure. Like it's it's for sure an emoji vibe. And and I'm wondering if Mr. Shucks has more I mean, history it's just, it's, than it's, the colonels. I'm sending you, it's that emoji that it looks yeah. like. And that emoji is very unsettling because I'm not sure what emotion it's meant to convey. It's it's the take my temperature doc because I right. I need a, a, a tongue <laughs> yeah. depressor. It's please. the say ah, <laughs> yeah. It's the say ah, yeah. Uh. Say hey. So that's Mr. Shucks. So, it's a little it's a little weird, but yeah. I'm wondering if his his tongue has just been is just permanently anesthetized or something. He's just walking around. I got it somewhere. Hey, live by audio the way, of Mr. Shucks. Uh-huh. Uh, morning show's back. So go check that out. Goodstuff.fm slash morning show. If you like the antics of uh, of this show, which of w- there are uh, very few, multiply that by at least 50,000, you'll get morning show. Dun-dun-dun. That's right. Mm. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Plenty. Plenty in here. Do you think, though, at the Colonel's Ballpark, whatever it may be called, the Veterans uh, the, Memorial the, Stadium? Oh, that's not fun. They have to have some sort of better name for that, right? Like the <laughs> the cornfield or the. Uh, uh, I'm looking to see if there's like a nickname for it, but I'm not the, seeing anything. The corn um, maze. It, oh, here it did. They did sell sell the naming rights in 2008 to the Dale and Thomas Popcorn Company, and it was known hmm. as the Dale and Thomas Popcorn Field at Veterans Memorial Stadium. Very, very good. Oh, I like that. But it's that. currently called the Perfect Game Field. I hate it. I don't <laughs> like that. That's very bad. Um, so in in our in our extra innings here, uh, Andrew, we're going to talk about how we pop popcorn because uh, I'm curious to know if you've got a li- life hack for your popcorn. Mm. Um, <laughs> you may be disappointed. <laughs> well, <laughs> Patreon.com. <Tune> <laughs> Slash good stuff. Why not? You're gonna want to hear more. You have what? uh, You also one of the one of the last jokes I had sort of opened in a tab here was: um, Do you think that the this team at their stadium has a they have a problem in the uh, in the eighth or ninth inning where they they have a kernel panic? Mm. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The good news is you're fired. Thanks. Uh, that's all we've got for this episode. <laughs> that's right. Um, that's what we need to end with. Boy, that would be great. Uh, what you should do. Uh, you can roll about back. Patreon. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's good. I like it. Uh, you can reach us on the internet. Topics at baseline.show is where you can email in those topic suggestions for us to uh, clumsily 
talk our way through how you might want yeah, to steal we'll, a base we'll mumble in a through baseball pretending game. that we know things absolutely yeah. uh ask us questions i'd love to explain what you do to steal I a base don't is you really grab know. the base and you take it home there you go job that's done. right it may yeah. be a misdemeanor they allow you to do that in certain circumstances if you are in some sort of pregame ceremony so you may see that happen but I, I, maybe it's like steal I don't know steal a base steal a taco that's a thing oh. right hmm. yeah. Taco Bell right uh, anyway uh, at baseline underscore show on Twitter we'll let you know when new episodes are posted or you can uh, tweet it, tweet at us if, if you want those topic suggestions we'd love to hear your feedback this has been baseline and that's the ball game Broadcast, retransmission, or account of this game without the express written consent of goodstuff.fm is prohibited.